Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Hands-On Safety. We are going to be talking today about safety for those of you going back to school or going to school for the first time on a college campus. Um, or university. Of, or university, whatever you want to call it. Um, <laughs> even, even high school um, doesn't really matter if you're... Any school. Any school. There's Anywhere. always... Let's let's hope that's not necessary, but <laughs> you gotta you gotta worry about safety in kindergarten. That's that's a big concern. But um, before we get into that today, I would like to um, let everybody know the exciting news that we are now not only on Spotify, but you can also find us on Apple Podcast and on Google Podcast, and yeah. still working on the website. <laughs> George is clearly very excited. Lastly, you forgot to say to the news. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, you know, we're still working on the website and hopefully we'll have something going with that here pretty soon. I can verify that it is in progress. Yes, it is in progress. <laughs> Leslie's not just lying to you guys. It is in progress. I've learned this time. conversation. It's not just a dream, I promise. <laughs> it just... Isn't that a song? <laughs> Probably. <clears throat> yeah. So on this subject. That is of... very exciting news, though. Yes, it is very exciting. Google and Apple Podcasts. Yep. Took Stuff. some work, but it's there. It's fine. We have 122 likes. On our Facebook. Yeah, no. I know. That's pretty exciting, too. I haven't still, checked the Twitter recently, but uh, I think it was still, still at eight. Still eight last time still I checked. Eight. Okay. Yeah. Come on, guys. Eight, help us out a little over eight here. Eight lowly fans. He's um, on Twitter. <laughs> right. So it's okay, because I'm not usually on Twitter either yeah, very often. Either. So um, that's okay. But, you know, in preparing for this topic this week, I've had a lot of conversations about college this week and you know unexpected conversations about college from parents concerned about their kids from students concerned about um, certain aspects of going back and so it's um, definitely that time of year again and of course adding that component of COVID into the mix has you know made something that's already stressful especially for someone going to school first time um, that much more stressful on dealing with it. So there's there's a lot to cover in this area um, because it is so important. And and uh, a college or university campus is its own culture, its own dynamic. So um, it's it's almost like going to another country sometimes and learning how to navigate that. Isn't it completely the opposite of high school? It's starting all over again. Yeah, you know, you're really right. starting all over again. And you're all over again. Yeah. yeah, and you're in a alien place. And like you don't have this, you don't have your support system of your of, now. If you're away at school, you don't have the support system of your family uh, directly. Uh, your your friends that you knew, you make new friends. Uh, teachers, you have nothing in common with you. You know, except you're going to school in your own area. You know, some of your teachers may have actually been from that area, grew up there, they know the area, maybe know your parents. You know, maybe knew them as as a kid, and they go somewhere out away from school. Totally different for me. It was different because I went to a military college. 
totally different. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, so we like referred that, to yeah. any other school as a real school. <laughs> as a real had, school. <laughs> we wore uniforms. We, we walked in a gutter. Uh, we didn't, you know, uh, we couldn't use pronouns. We're talking to upperclassmen. We had bugle calls, cannons, you know, you name it. <laughs> couldn't, right. even walk to, couldn't even walk to the bathroom directly. You had to kind of march around the hallway <laughs> to get to the other side. Totally different. But that was a new experience. But building the friendships is one of the best things. And that friendship, and I'm going to segue into this, the safety aspect of it, safety in numbers. You know, associating yourself, associating yourself with people who are in the same situation you are actually helps out because that's going to be those people that you meet will be the same ones you probably know for the next those four years or plus or for the rest of your life. Right. And then there's the, the aspect of, then I've just watched a friend of mine's, both her daughters go through this in the last couple of years is, is not only going to a new town, but trying to find roommates mm. um, for an apartment. So, you know, usually if you move into a dorm, those roommates are assigned and you don't right. really get a choice. But when you're moving into an apartment, you have to find your own roommates. And so uh, trying to find people that you think you will um, get along with well enough or work well with, uh, sometimes finding people in the same curriculum that you're in so that your hours aren't totally different from each other. You have to consider all those things and you have to find ways to find those people, which I've seen a lot of um, activity on Facebook and and even, you know, searched for this myself where, you know, just looked up, uh, let's say the university that I went to, which was Auburn. One of the things that I did uh, this week was just look up the university I attended on Facebook to see what came up. And I found a lot of groups for parents of incoming freshmen, a lot of groups for incoming freshmen. And of course, they always put the year people looking for roommates, um, people looking to share or buy and sell um, stuff for dorm rooms and apartments and, and that kind of thing. So there was all kind of things that came up very quickly just by putting in the name of my university. Um, so that can be a helpful tool to find people, especially before you get there, the, you know, say the summer before you attend and start connecting with people. Um, but you do certainly have to be careful. Uh, I was talking to a friend this morning whose daughter just left to go to school for the first time a week ago. And she said, oh, I met this guy in the Facebook freshman group and he's going to come over and help me do math. Well, you know, <laughs> work on my math. And we're going, no, 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 you meet him somewhere. He is not coming to your apartment. Or you make sure that if he comes over to your apartment, your roommates are home. You don't really know this guy. And that seems like such a common sense thing. But, you know, uh, a lot of 18-year-olds just don't think that way. Right. Or they don't have that experience. They go to elementary, middle, and high school, and it's a safe environment. And you don't have to worry about who may or may not be there or um, and you you have that chance to make friends at school and then get to know them outside of school, whereas, you know, a university campus is a lot different. Yeah, like even just like a Starbucks or like, you know, a common area within, you know, the campus or something like that. But definitely 
not apartment stuff. Yeah. No, no, just... no, 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 no. And I'll, I'll jump in real quick. Some I got some statistics that I had um, put together for. We have a historically black college uh, here in Savannah, Georgia, called Savannah State University, and I got invited by one of the sororities to do a table set up there. So I made some information for that event. Uh, so I get the information from the Campus uh, Safety Magazine. Uh, so, uh, their article about safety, sexual uh, assault, and myths. And what we're talking about right now, just randomly meeting somebody you just don't even really know. Uh, first of all, if you were in a dating situation, what I would advise people to do, I think we talked about, may have talked about before, meet them somewhere, like I said, uh, at somewhere public, not at your own place. Uh, I think that some young women, they get very confident. Um, I'm in college, I'm a college woman now, but you're still 17, 18, 19 years old, very little life experiences, experiences, You're still very vulnerable, very vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And so some of my statistics that they show college freshmen and sophomore women appear to be at a greater risk of being uh, victims of sexual assaults than upper class women. Um, so I think people need to be aware of that, uh, especially for the young ladies going to school. So something else I had seen, let's see, probably one out of five uh, women, uh, high school students report being physically or uh, sexually assaulted by, uh, by a dating partner. Mm -hmm. uh, a you can also uh, equate that to someone who's casual, meaning someone you study with, your study partner. So that can also be an issue, too, that has to be looked at. And more than half of rape, uh, raped college women uh, tell no one of their vic victimization afterwards. You know, so these are certain things that so, you know, my piece is pretty much, I think, to this, to this whole uh, podcast is providing some of these safety, you know, uh, aspect to it and knowing things like this or being aware of it uh, is key. I think that's what I love about one of the programs I teach called RAD, Rape Progressive Defense. Uh, for women, it's taught at a lot of colleges, universities here in the States, and I think there are some in Canada as well. Uh, so I always, uh, I always recommend that women take advantage of that if they do have it. Some all places offer it for free. I know of a place in Maryland, uh, I think it was in Maryland, um, Community, uh, Frederick, I think it was Frederick Community, uh, Community College. They offered it as an actual class that you could take in, in, like, uh, lieu of uh, a gym class. So, but just having that type of information is key. And like you said, meeting somewhere publicly, preferably not at night. Right. Uh, I had a discussion with someone once before that um, it's, it's really, really weird saying I heard uh, someone say, there was an older lady, you know, nothing happened, nothing's open after nine but bars and legs or something of that nature, oh all right? You know, really like, wow, we want to stick it to somebody. Um, very broad, but so I'm saying that because it's, uh, it's, a, it's an antidote, but in reality, the later you are in the evening and you're associating with somebody, the more the expectation is for actual physical contact. Right. You know, so I think that's what's really much that, that alludes to. Uh, you can do it you want to say as long, as long as you want, but you set parameters ahead of time. Like, hey, we're studying here, or, or even if you're studying past I midnight, mean, which does happen in college, you're in libraries, you're in um, classrooms until that time. Let people know where you are. You know, have somebody check in with you, check in with them periodically. You know, do it in a group. Yeah. You know, let's get old fashioned about it. Keep the door open. <laughs> there you go. You know. Little things like that, but I think young ladies have to be aware. And I can't put everything on young women. The thing is, men have to be aware that these things happen. And as a, as a man, you now I can say that we are usually now we're 90, 90, 90 to ninety five percent of the perpetrators of these acts on women, whether it's college or otherwise. 
we need to be aware that this has happened and we need to make sure that we are not the ones doing it or that we understand that there's boundaries. So it's right. not, all, it's not all on the women. It's a lot on the men and people forget about that. It's always, you should carry, she should carry mace. She should wear this. She shouldn't be doing that at night. Well, the guys shouldn't be doing things they're doing. Exactly. No, yeah, guys the guys need, need to be responsible too. It's, yeah. And that's what I'm saying. You need, guys need to check each other. Like, dude, that's not cool. She's a little too drunk. You walk her home, talk to her in the morning, you know, uh, but boy, boys have to be trained to do that. Otherwise, they become men doing stupid things. And that's what we see kind of a lot of. And unfortunately, a lot of women have experienced these things by stupid boys because they, they, they thought it was okay or appropriate. You know, uh, and we all guys, we all had to learn this. So either you got that smacked in the face, got told no too many times, or maybe a female friend explained something to you, or maybe you had someone in your life that had a bad experience, and then you realize from their experiences what actually happens and how it's perceived, you know. Right. And I, you know, this, this subject is really what got me uh, wanting to know more about safety and know more about self-defense initially, because, you know, when I was 18, 19, 20 years old, I didn't hesitate to walk across campus at night by myself. I was always very aware of my surroundings. I tried to stay in lighted areas. You know, I tried to be careful but I didn't hesitate to do that. And then when I went back to school in my 30s, I was very aware that because of the program I was in, I was going to be walking across campus at all hours of the night. I may be, you know, in studio working until two, three, four in the morning and then walking back to my apartment or coming in to start a project or work on a project in the middle of the night. Uh, in order to get something done before class, because we did a lot of work in studio instead of working from home. So I was, you know, around campus at any hour. I was occasionally walking across campus in any state of exhaustion, um, whether I was awake, you know, had been awake for a few days or, um, you know, just really running on fumes and um, so it really pushed me to learn more about, you know, what was available to me as someone that was going to be traveling around campus a lot in the evenings. And I would certainly try to avoid it as much as I could. But, you know, it was there a bus system? You know, how late did the buses run? Um, at what point was campus security available as an escort where would they escort people would they only escort you on campus would they escort you off campus those kind of things were all worth finding out learning on my path um, my university had uh, security call boxes so if you were in trouble they were all along the routes through the campus so that you could go to that box push a button and call for help immediately. And um, that box would tell security where you were. You could interact with someone from security and tell them what kind of trouble you were in, what was going on, and um, alert them in case 911 needed to be called or they needed to just come to you as quickly as possible. And so knowing where those were on my route, and then as I walked trying as much as possible to stay in lighted areas and be very aware of my surroundings and, you know, not have headphones in or not paying attention. You know, Leslie, around me. 
you bring a very interesting perspective to this because I'm I'm coming at it from the perspective of, you know, I'm thinking about university slash college. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't even know about the, you know, security boxes. I mean, I know every campus may not have them, but it's like one of those options. And, you know, how you, you can never be too careful in these situations, especially if you're wandering around campus at all hours, you need to know all of your options. So Right. And you certainly learn a lot of that in orientation. Of course, go. right. But it's also worth taking some time when you're looking at a university to try to find out where the university is as far as their their rankings of being safe or contacting the university security and talking to them before you even get there or before you even enroll for the first time and, and finding out information about what kind of services they offer. Yeah, I, I didn't even think of that sort of stuff when I was applying to go to the university right after high school. And I, I didn't end up going um, due to various reasons. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I didn't even think of those things as an 18 year old, 18, 19 year old, you know, right. So I think it's quite interesting now that it's like, oh, yeah, you know, that makes sense. And, you know, buddy systems, um, you know, I have a code word. We've talked about this before on the show, I believe, but I have a code word with my mom. Or, you know, I know how to quickly access emergency services on my phone, if I need to, you know, just different things like that. So there's lots of options out there. Right. And, you know, when you're 18 years old, it's really not your job to know these things. Uh, it's great if you do. Um, but, I mean, it becomes your responsibility as an adult. But you're not expected to know these things. Your parents are the ones who should be helping you, guide you. Because this is your sure. first time experience getting away. And so you have no idea what to expect. You know, people's like, when someone asks you, like, do you have a question? People say no, because I don't know. You know, sometimes you don't know what the question is to ask. <laughs> right. You know, so you don't think about this. So this is one of the things that story of my life. (laughs) (laughs) I I think in high schools, they they need to be taught these things at home as in the school about what they should prepare for instead of like, you need to have these grades and do this, 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 and that. Yeah, that's great. That's the academic aspect. What about it's like throwing you to the wolves? It's um, I've heard stories many times where, you know, a dad will give his daughter, you know, here's a stun, here's a, here's a a taser or stun gun or whatever. Here's some mace. Good luck. Right. I mean, that's not how you prepare people to protect themselves. You have to give them information. So I was looking at something uh, on as well. It's from um, top college safety tips from a website called College Express. And I'll send that out to you, Leslie, so you can post okay. it. Okay, great. Thank um, you. And so sometimes you're actually uh, already uh, hit on, you know, things you should be aware of is uh, be aware of your surroundings. It's just, it's just typical. Be aware of not just your surroundings, but what's happening in your surroundings. Being aware of surroundings, I think it's it's an overused expression because I can be aware, okay, there's there's a highway here, there's a house there, this and that. Okay, what's going on there? Are there is, it, is there people, you know, doing extra activities? Someone's hanging around in the alley looking kind of seedy. You know, what's going on here? Uh, so being aware of your surroundings and the events that occur in your surroundings. Uh, avoid walking alone. You touched on that, particularly at night. Uh, if you want to walk, you know, uh, walk the paths that are set. Uh, many colleges, they have like the little, uh, the blue light stands mm-hmm. that will guide students, you know, on the path. And they have like uh, call boxes or whatever there. Um, 
So that, but you know, if you're walking with somebody, also the thing is walking in a group. Don't you know? Don't be so bold. Like I can do it by myself. Uh, if you can, I would recommend you having somebody, and having a, having your cell phone making calls as you walk. It's not the smartest thing in the world. You can uh, you know, people do that all the time. You're paying attention to your call. You're not paying attention to the events or the surroundings uh, that are there. Um, get to know your roommates and neighbors. So the t- thing you talked about earlier about people picking their roommates, uh, living off campus as a freshman, more more sexual assaults will happen off campus because you know you don't have that that insular you know protection of security on campus. Uh, security you'd have on campus, the um, what do you call it the dorm monitors or floor monitors, whatever they call them, oh, RAs. Yeah. You know, you don't have that slated protect. I went to one college uh, to visit when I was in school and every uh, the door was locked to get into the dorms. To me, that was weird because like I said, I went to, going to a military college, that didn't happen. There was no locked doors <laughs> except for on your room. You know, that was it. So uh, it was a smaller town, different environment, but, you know, locked doors, you, you don't have that necessary protection uh, yet you'd have on a college campus as you do uh, on a college campus as you wouldn't would lack if you lived off campus. But the, you can still compare notes on that one. But knowing your neighbors, if you live off campus, you definitely need to know your neighbors. Know that old, older, nosy lady with the 14 dogs and cats. Know her. <laughs> you know, oh, that's right. Because the cat lady. Yeah, be, they, they, know, they know everything. <laughs> they don't know you. Be friendly to them. You know, don't have to go hang out with them, but, but know the people there. Uh, and they'll look out for you. Um, no, I, went, I had 13 roommates. There were not only maybe two of them were by choice. Other were all assigned, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, so I made friends, you know, made friends, you know, for most of part with most of them. Um, but things like that, you know, um, maybe you talked about, you know, receiving, uh, you know, I think apps or having text messages and stuff like um, my nephew went to um, uh, Virginia Tech at the time they had the, that shooting some years ago. And I called my brother and find out what's going on. He's like, oh, he, he already, you know, he called or texted whatever. They received uh, a text. Students received, I guess, notice or somehow. So you have a system right now in schools where they will let you know something's going on. So it's a yeah. lot easier than back in the day. We didn't have it. All we had were cell phones. You know, not even right. cell phones. We had wall phones. And for me, it was like someone yelling down the parade ground. Hey, you know, <laughs> that's how we knew things were going to call on the floor. And someone no, else, there's a shooting. Yeah. yeah. Well, we had um, – <laughs> If you heard shooting, it was said. Well, you heard shooting, yeah. it was us doing it. So, um, and it was all <laughs> sanctioned, and it was all legal. No one got hurt. Um, locking your uh, your dorms uh, when you're not there. So, like I talked about before, a lot of dorms will do that. You have that like, a pass key, or just someone down the lobby. Um, Hide all uh, all of your um, expensive stuff, so laptops and things like that. Yeah, Put those in a safe or something. Around. Yeah, you can you can buy a safe that you can take with yeah, you. Yeah, get a safe. You know, Absolutely, get a safe there. Put it underneath your bed somewhere. Um, putting emergency you. numbers in your phone, you know, campus security numbers in your phone, your RAs numbers in your phone, and familiar yourself with the safety resources. Like you know, uh, like Leslie said, knowing, getting familiar with the safety officers or what they do, uh, what times they are working, where they have the most officers on duty, the least officers on duty, uh, find out where they mostly may be, you know. Uh, how to get in contact with them and, you know, even response times, you know, from where you are. Don't, you know, it's, it's easy to say, Oh, I don't want to bother this person. Mm -hmm. You know, I, my car's just right over there at the other end of the parking lot or, 
you know, but if it's if it's two in the morning and you're walking across a dark parking lot to get from the building, you know, it, it might be worth having that escort. And that's what they're there for. And they don't mind doing that. And, um, you brought a, up a good point with the um, the text alerts and things The most college websites now have where you can register your phone number, your email with um, their safety department, and they will send you text messages, um, phone calls, emails, whatever you put in the system that you would like to receive. And those not only let you know if, uh, let's say, there was a mugging reported on campus or um, a woman reports a sexual assault, they also let you know things like um, if there's a gas leak in a building or a chemical spill in the biology lab or something like that. Anything worth noting on campus that's happening, those alerts are going to come to you. Oftentimes, now I've noticed that um, they have it set up so that all the computers on campus um, because they're typically networked together. If you're on a computer, uh, one of the school's computers, if there's an active shooter situation anywhere on campus, it will blast an alert to every computer on campus so right. that you know something's going on. And, and they do that before they can even get that alert out to your phone. So that's going to give, you know, a lot of people a heads up very quickly if something's going on and and I noticed that a lot of college campuses are even doing um, like active shooter training and videos now to prepare students for those kinds of situations. And it's it's unfortunate that we have to think about things like that. Um, you you know you want that to be a safe and learning environment, but unfortunately, that's not always the case. So, yeah, many schools nowadays I understand like uh, high schools, elementary schools, they do these drills. So what used to be fire drills for us, you know, maybe for our parents used to be a nuclear blast drill. <laughs> right. You know, over time, you know, they, they've changed. Uh, so unfortunately, kids today have learned this stuff. Um, you know, with active shooter training, I've heard different things, but pretty much it's, you know, um, it's a run, hide, fight. Fight's the last thing you should do. Uh, another thing they were saying about the, um, another thing they suggested for um, safety tip was, taking a self-defense class. I mean, I'm very adamant about it. Um, you know, one, it builds confidence. Another thing it does, it allows you to, you know, meet other people who are like-minded, you know, safety-oriented. Um, and, you know, you want to find a class or a program that talks about the mental aspect of, you know, of self-defense. Um, and what I mean by that is it's easy to say, I want to beat somebody up. But it is a, there's a uh, there's a saying, and I have to, uh, you know, make it PC. Everybody wants to be a gangster, so it's time to do some gangster stuff. All right, <laughs> you know, everyone thinks they can be that person, that be Rocky or whoever. But when it comes to it, is it a fight or flight? So, and that's what you have to realize. You take a course, you know, see if you if you do which which uh, instinct do you have? The one to fight, defend yourself, or just or, or just run, or just give in, you know. I will fully admit I am definitely run. Yeah. So yeah, we talked about this before, you know, we also just find a class that you can do, but it builds that confidence because sometimes you may not be able to run, you know, not, someone who's in a wheelchair can't run that fast. Sorry. You know, it's not happening. 
uh, someone who's- I was you know, just saying for me. Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> right. right. But yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying in general, some people who have different situations and what can they do, uh, say, traveling in numbers, it reduces that risk. It mitigates oh, that yeah. risk. The, definitely the buddy system is yeah. great. I, I used to hate that. You no, know, even when I was in the army, you know, being accountable to to someone, uh, I'm going to said latrine, and I had to tell everybody in the office pretty much where I was going. But we all did that because if something happened, an emergency, or you need some information, we knew where you were. Right. And so I told me a while I really didn't like it much, but I, I embraced it because it was being responsible by letting people know what's going on, so that you or not left out the loop, or you didn't. Um, let someone down by not being readily available, you know, so little things like that. But yeah, camp, uh, going to college is, is, it's a, it's a very emotional event, you know, for people involved, especially parents, <laughs> you know, either they're happy you're leaving or they're sad that you're gone <laughs> <laughs> or both, right. or both. you know, they, they go, they go through both, you know, <laughs> disasters. Woo! you know, schizophrenic, you know, Oh, the leader. Oh, we have the house to ourselves. All right. Oh, you know, party, you know, uh, things like that. But this is where you gain your independence by moving away from your your um, your parental units, as some of my friends call it. Um, parental units. Parental <laughs> units. Or my friend just broke it down to, from your rents. Uh, your rents. <laughs> your rents. So you leave, leave the rents and uh, you have to learn to, to do stuff on your own. But you need to be taught these things. So my, we have any listeners that have children that are in high school or be going to college in the next couple of years. Uh, look into how to empower them to be independent and confident individuals. When they go to college, it won't be a total, you know, surprise, some of the things. And kids sometimes don't want to talk like, mom or dad, I know, I know. But when it actually happens, they will remember. Right. You know, working with kids, I see that all the time. I'm surprised the kids do things by, by repetition. And I see that looking at their face like, oh, we got to do this again. And next thing I know, I have a kid asking me, hey, can I leave the class? What? <laughs> no, they, you were paying attention. What? You were paying. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I am uh, shocked. <laughs> I tell my friends who have younger kids. I have no kids, but people think I don't know anything about kids. I know too much about kids. I think <laughs> I still remember being a child for some reason, uh, and I remember certain things that affected me as an it adult. Was just a couple of hours ago. Like right? A couple of hours ago, right? <laughs> you know, like that one time. You know, so but one thing we kill. They see and hear everything you say. Whether they whether they're playing video games or on their phones, you think they're not listening. They hear you, especially the more you say it. And oh, when yeah, you're not saying anything, they're watching you. Mm-hmm. So if you conduct yourself very confidently, your children will try to develop that science of confidence and also let them know they should be. You know, a little, a little off the subject, but my mother moved from the south to the north. You know, uh, my grandfather was already there. She was 17. And he told her, you know, you travel, you know, travel, don't look down, look people in the eye, be confident, don't look around like you're lost, you know. Uh, he also told her to pull the, you know, um, but she didn't tell, didn't tell her that, but, you know, she learned how to take the bus system in New York and you pull on the, on the, on the little cable for the bus to stop it back in the day. Right. Well, she saw the same, a, a similar cable in the train. It doesn't work the same. That one stops the train. <laughs> All right. So she stopped an entire subway train in New York when she was like about 17. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> no. So yeah, it's the emergency brake. I'm not sure they still have it in the trains anymore. Um, but knowing little tricks, knowing what things do. So, you know, being familiar with your environment on campus, safety, safety call boxes, you know, safety protocols, you know, uh, getting your children involved. And like I said, uh, Leslie, find out ahead of time that everything has a website or a Facebook. And everyone's all about engaging with, with the populace. 
Yeah, which is which is really nice to have now that that it's so easy to access this information is, you know, practically at your fingertips whenever you want it. Some things you may have to dig a little bit and and spend some time searching for or making some phone calls, but it's it's worth the time to look into it. And you know what? Make the kids look into it. Give them yeah, an assignment. Absolutely. Hey, you know, it's a, not a responsibility, but they should be taught these things and not expected to know these things, but they should be held responsible at some point and make them look at the information, you know, hey, have like a little checklist okay, of, of things you need to do. And you know, I'll see if I can find, find a checklist of, um, if there's not one, we'll make one up. Uh, but one together, <laughs> you know, there you go. Not, not, not out of thin air, but an actual constructed, realistic <laughs> checklist. Uh, I'm not about making stuff up. <laughs> That's too... That's too hard because I wouldn't want to let somebody down by having some, you know, fraudulent stuff on there that makes no sense sure. to anybody. But having a checklist where, okay, let's check out campus security, how to, you know, how to contact them, how to contact parents. What happens if there's an emergency? You know, who contacts? Having someone in your dorm have your parents' contact information, that mm-hmm. friend or that neighbor. If something happens and you're off campus, the school may not know for a while. Right. You know, checking in with friends, having a regular, you know, interaction with people. So there's a lot of things you can always do. And the thing about our program, it's, it's so, so brief. We just could be just kind of touch topics, hoping to spur interest uh, in these topics. So people can actually do more research or even contact us and see if we can, you'll find stuff. I'll find stuff for you. I don't mind that at all. Uh, if people you know, are interested in this stuff, but we just want people to be safe. Uh, and that's the number one thing. Uh, but the college is a great experience to have. Uh, it's a stressful experience. It's, um, you know, it's, it's a learning, it's a very big learning experience. I once read a quote from someone uh, when I was in college and they said, never let your academics get in the way of your education. And it took me a while to figure that one out, but your education is not just the books. It's not just classes. Right. It's your experiences. Your life it's experiences, uh, your life experiences, yeah. uh, how you're being mentored and how you're being coached. And those, those are two different things. Mentoring is when you pick someone that you respect, that has the knowledge that you like to gain. Coaching is someone who could be anyone who shows you what to do or to help you improve what you already know. So uh, those two things are, are different. I used, to get, uh, I used to get it mixed up when I was in the Army. People would put the, like, say the words, but meant them as the same thing. They're two distinct things. Finding that mentor might be that uh, older student you know, who's a friend of yours, but they can mentor you in the whole process you know, to guide you through, or maybe that professor, you know, maybe a peer, one of your friends can coach you through some stuff, experience that they've had and help you out during the same, you know, you know, Hey, I had this experience when I was walking down the street, coaching, you know, informing you of stuff. Um, Got to be aware. Then you also have the situation where you have fraternities and sororities and you gotta be careful of those, you know, hazing is a thing that, that occurs in some places. They try and put a stop to that. Um, you have underage drinking, which, you know, it's going to happen. <laughs> no sure. way around it. Uh, they were doing it before they got to college. In most cases, they're going to do right. it while they're at college. Uh, but so that you said, let's be responsible about it. Uh, one thing is if you go to a, par- a party and there's just this big old, you know, they don't do punch bowls anymore, but big old, you know, trough, you know, of alcohol. Okay. <laughs> you know, I mean, the kegs. the kegs, yeah, but I'm talking about like well, you have kegs like, are enclosed. Oh, yeah, something, yeah. something that's open. So I saw something that was really cool. I think it was cool, but probably not cool for if you're a college freshman and you're like 18. But um, it was a igloo, cool, uh, igloo, you know, cooler, really cooler. 
and they put gummy bears and ice and a bunch of alcohol in there. Made okay. some junk, like new version of Jungle Juice. That's awesome if you like want to have a good time with some friends if you're old enough to drink. But here's the problem: you don't know what somebody put in there. Right. I've heard people putting, giving other people drugs or putting something in their drinks just to see what happens or just, just, just for fun. Well, it's not fun when the other person doesn't know what's going on, does it? Or if you do know what goes on, I don't think it's a fun experience when you're doing stuff that gets you in trouble. Right. So being and, aware of what's, uh, you know, what's being done. And when that person is putting something in someone's drink or if, even if they're just doing it for fun, you have no idea as the person who's doing that. You have no idea how that's going to affect yeah, exactly. that other person, you know, whether it causes an overdose or, um, you know, or Clashes doesn't affect them at all. Or, they're on, right, or, classes with you know, medications. You have no your, idea. Yeah, your idea of fun may not be the same idea as fun for me. Right. A joke is only funny when everyone gets the joke. Right. <laughs> you know. So. One thing that was hammered into my head as a kid um, especially like as I got to the high school age and we were starting to drink as kids, you know, never, ever leave your drink unattended. Yes. Right. Ever. Yeah. Or accept if you do drink from someone no, you don't get know your own. or don't trust. Get your own. At least that's my way no, of thinking. Absolutely. Um, I'm worried about that. Caveat off of what you said. So the program I teach rad, they do talk about that. That's where I get the idea of, you know, the trough from. Um, that, yes, if you have a drink, someone, you know, especially at a party, someone gives it to you, you may not want to accept it. Go get your own drink. If, you know, I'm talking, I'm really, I'm talking to those who are of age, uh, preferably, but those, if someone is drinking, uh, get your own drink. Uh, see where see the drink came from. Uh, open your own can. Open your own bottles or your own can. Um, Ooh, I remember what I was going to say. Don't leave it unattended. Hold on. Make sure you say keep keep in focus. Keep focus. Uh, <laughs> don't leave it unattended. Uh, the magic napkin or coaster—it's not that magical. Okay, that's uh, a common thing that people do. So if you leave your drink and you know you walk away from it, that drink is left. That drink is done. Get yeah. rid of it. Go get another drink. All right. Yeah, that's that's what I was gonna say. How dare okay. you steal my thoughts? <laughs> steal get, my out. thoughts. get out! Get out! Get out! Get out! <laughs> Oh, my head is a dangerous place to be go <laughs> i got training i'm good <laughs> i don't know if you were training for this but <laughs> i've been iraq and back i'm good <laughs> oh no yeah but seriously like if you leave your drink even if it's just for five seconds go get another one yeah it doesn't take long for someone to just drop something in your drink Nope, it could be a pill, it could be a tablet, it could be, um... it could be a phone number. I mean, it could be a lot of things. <laughs> um, and it, this goes for males and females. Yeah. Oh, for sure. It's and people people forget that sexual assault also happens to men. Uh, it mostly, does. mostly men, uh, men on men. Sometimes women on women. It happens. Um, so you gotta be cognizant of that. You know, just because somebody's this, you know, same gender. Or you know you associate with them doesn't necessarily mean that they are out you know out to help you or out to be for you. Some are out to get you. Uh, so you do have to be aware of just people, just getting to know people. Um, if you and the main thing is if you get that gut feeling something is not right, follow your gut. Are, you're right. Follow your gut. It's not right. I've heard many women that I've, that I've, I've trained um, that have had a sexual assault sometime in their lives always said I had this feeling. 
And really, you know, it was really sucks when you hear that. But, you know, I had this feeling, but they, they want to be nice. Mm-hmm. You can be nice. You don't have to be rude or anything. I have to go. Yep. You, know, you know, well, why? I have to go. Appreciate it. Thank you. They can't respect that, you know, that you have to go. The person you don't want to be around. You know, you have to respect the person and their wishes. And no means no. Uh, maybe means no. <laughs> right. Yes. Yes. And it might be maybe sometime, but you know, we got to be clear about that. <laughs> you know, I had this same conversation with a parent yesterday. Of She said she dropped her daughter off at school and she said, I have a bad feeling. You know, she's told me she's a little uncomfortable, but she can't tell me why or won't tell me why. And, you know, I, I hope that at some point her daughter will come and say, Hey, look, I, I'd rather leave I don't think I should be here. Whatever she feels, if she feels uncomfortable, then she doesn't need to stay. And, um, you know, I would hope that she can talk to somebody about that, even if it's not a parent. Um, But being aware of that feeling and trusting it, because if you feel like there's something wrong, there probably is. And if you're wrong, you're wrong. That's okay. It doesn't matter if you're wrong, but if you're right and you trusted that feeling, then it, it could save you. And looking out for your friends too, because sometimes their decisions, their, their, their decision-making process is not the best. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you may have to think for your friends uh, and that's, that's something that becomes work. I was the babysitter. <laughs> I had to babysit my friends. You know, I didn't even drink at the time. So I would drive and watch them. Right. Uh, and they had to drive them back home. So my thing is, you fell down a flight of stairs, maybe because I pushed you, because you're acting up. So I, <laughs> I had I had the right <laughs> to abuse you if necessary, because you weren't doing what you need to do <laughs> for us to be safe. So right. I put you in a headlock. You know, I was I wasn't <laughs> back then, but you know, I would yell at my friends, maybe try to toss. I was like, I weighed like about a. 150 pounds, not even 150 pounds, I don't think, you know, when I was in college, I was tiny, but I, I could be authoritarian when I was, when they were drunk and I was sober. So, I believe that. You know, I totally believe that. Get over here, get in, back, get in the back seat, you know, um, go to sleep. I'm driving, you know, so take care of your friends and being, being responsible. Safety is not just, you know, having to fight someone or run away, but safety is also not drunk driving. Right. You oh, know, for sure. But you put, you know, that's part of that whole campus experience. You know, you may be that designated driver. You may be that person that everyone's depending on. Maybe there's no Uber available and you guys don't want to spend money on an Uber. So that makes me think about a situation. I wasn't even thinking about that one. Uh, so there was a situation that happened in South Carolina. Uh, I think it was about maybe uh, two years ago. A uh, young lady uh, was in, uh, it was Columbia, South Carolina. Uh, the place called, uh, I think, Five Points. I've got to think about it, uh, if I remember correctly. Anyways, she left her friends. I'm not sure it was a uh, situation, but they parted ways from, with her, from her friends. She requested an Uber. She was on this corner and waited for an Uber. All she knew, it, uh, it was a black car. She hopped into this black car. It was not an Uber. There was no marking or Uber or Lyft, no share, no share, I should say, share ride. It was not a share ride vehicle. had no listings for one. Uh, she hopped into the seat, uh, when they found her again, she was dead. Yeah. Okay. So being careful and being said, and I'm sure we talked about this before, uh, but if you're taking a vehicle, um, 
there's like seven ways. I, I've driven Uber as a driver as well, and I've also taken it as a passenger. Uh, there's several things you can do to identify that it's an Uber. And many of these can work for just about anyone. Uh, one is, you know, if, if you see the markings, you know, it, says, it tells you that it is a vehicle, a sharing vehicle, one. So you should know that. Two, the color. Uh, make sure color and make model matches. Uh, license plate, if you can see that. Usually that's a good indicator. But the one that will work for just about anybody is um, ask the driver, who are, they, who are they there to pick up? Don't give your name first. I'm not going to say, you know, yeah, I'm George. Oh, yeah, George, hop on in. Okay, great, my ride. He doesn't, you know, I told him who I am. He can, he can regurgitate my name real quick. You know, uh, the other one is asking the driver their name because on the app, it tells you the person's name. You know, uh, so those are things you can do. Uh, I'm assuming none of those things were done other than the color of the car. She hopped in, you know, probably passed out. And also probably was the um, child lock was probably um, activated. Possibly. Yep. Uh, and I found that, and I looked on, I saw uh, a meme. Some, um, you know, a female friend of mine said, sent out telling women to be aware of when you get into a car, there's a latch on the door you can flip up or down to dis- to inactivate the um, child lock. So I don't know if it's on all vehicles or not, but something you may, you know, some people may want to look into. But traveling with friends. I mean, the number one thing was that she was separated from her friends and there was no one there to provide her with that guidance. Right. That she needed at that time. It was an unfortunate situation. Now, I know, uh, I don't remember if it was Uber or Lyft or both of them at one point were talking about um, sending you a code. Uh, yes, uh, that has, uh, I've had it happen a couple of times. But the issue was, you know, I was driving for Uber. I couldn't, um, they couldn't find the code and it would kind of lock me out from, you know, starting their ride. Oh, gotcha. You know, okay. So I, I think they have done that. In defense of, you know, provide some clarity, um, Uber has a number of safety functions where, which, which are annoying if you're a driver, where you hop into your car, you're ready to go, you put the app on, and it's like, time to take a selfie. They will make you take a picture <laughs> to verify that it's you. That's. I mean, yeah, yeah, I could see totally where that could be yeah. annoying. And it's annoying if you're a driver, but, but it's it's a safety precaution. I, I yeah. understand it as uh, as a passenger as well, or for the safety of my passengers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if I make a change on my uh, schedule, you should follow the, the the path that they set. But sometimes the path that they set on the app is not the most direct, and there right. may be something going on. So I usually, especially if I have female passengers, I would like let them know, hey, I'm taking this way here to the airport. You can follow it on the app. because usually show you where you're still, where you're going. Mm-hmm. Um, I usually take an easier way to avoid traffic, and it's a little bit quicker. But I usually let them know, and most of them are cool with it if you let them know prior to do it. Can I've only had one person. come here and be like my personal Uber driver? <laughs> it's like none of I have ever had do that. So Well, I think especially for me, like, you know, being – you know, working in you know self defense martial art industry, I'm I'm about self defense. I, I part of the self defense is this two part system. The Uber drivers here, yeah. <laughs> right? I, I want the passengers to be safe because I want them to feel safe. Because if you, you know just, you need to feel safe uh, when you're doing things. You, you shouldn't feel unsafe at all. So right. I want you to make you feel comfortable and safe in your your environment because you're in my vehicle. You're my guest. You're my passenger. So my responsibility is so good customer service, but. You know, if you're a young, young, young woman, you know, I once gave a ride to a young lady. She had to be about maybe high school age and she was, was going to a, a Halloween party and it was like almost like almost like a, a 40 minute ride. <laughs> wow. 
we had a great conversation. But, you know, I talked to him, find out, told, told her a little bit about myself and all that stuff. I didn't even give her a business card over my studio. And just like, you know, let you know who you're with, you know. And what you could also do with that is, like, if you wanted to, take a picture of that card and send it to a friend. Like, I'm going to ride with this dude here. But also in Uber, they have the tells you who you are you can swipe the uh swipe it so you can um take a uh, take a picture of it and send it off to somebody so you have those mm-hmm. options you gotta be aware of it so if you're in college you should do the same thing uh, you should feel comfortable if you feel weird about the driver you do not have to get in there cancel the ride or you, you don't have to stay you can you ask to them to drop you hey look uh could you just let me out make up a reason yeah hey i forgot something or no. oh i need you know anything to, to get away if yeah. they, you need to get out of the car just ask them hey could you just pull over and let me out here one of the things that i do i always ask my drivers what is your name and who are you here to pick up yes um exactly. if i really feel it's necessary i will ask them what color is your car what's the make of the car um i've never felt the need to go to the point of asking them what their their um, license plate number mm-hmm. is um, because I usually feel like that's enough. And at, at this point, I live in a small town. I know most of the yeah. drivers Yeah. now. But um, I've had them ask me, you know, hey, look, um, the, the directions that I'm getting from the app are not very good or they're, um, it's acting up. I'm going to switch over to Google Maps. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not necessarily asking my permission to do that, but just informing me Before that that's me. what they're doing. Yeah. Um, which I always appreciate it's, and I am the world's worst about this. Um, typically when I get in a car, that's my mind's opportunity to wander off yep. far afield into other areas. If I'm in an Uber or Lyft, I am actively paying attention to where I'm going. Um, if, especially on a route that I know at this point, I travel enough. I know how to get to the airport from here. I know how far I should be going before we make a turn or if we're so if I feel like that ride's going too long in a direction or that I feel like they've turned the wrong way, I may ask, are we going a different route? Or I may just put in my headphones and consult my phone. Yeah, that's typically what I do. Or if like I'll ask sometimes as well, you know, are you going the right way or are you going a different way or hmm you know or I will I usually actually like 90% of the time when I am in an uber or a cab I will have my gps open yes and watching where we're going and I also have started recently um sharing my location with my mom yeah because I think there's like a share thing share my location there is an option with somebody yes. in the uber app itself Mm-hmm. Um, so I have started doing that. You can share your ride so that the person, um, someone else can see yeah, share your ride or whatever where your, is called. when your ride started, when your ride stops, they get all that information. And then you can, you know, if you have to, especially with an iPhone, you can always share your location through messages. Um, if you can't do it through the app, you can yeah. just go to your messages and share your location with someone to let them know. And it's even good to do, like, if you're a college kid, you're going home from a party. Hey, so-and-so, you know, I'm on, I'm almost home. Like, even now, like, before college, you know. Yeah. It's, if it's my a friends good idea are over, to have people know where you're at. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, if I leave my friend's house, and I probably have been drinking, or if they leave my house, 
I will ask them to tell me when they get home. Mm-hmm. Um, or if I am not in a good state of mind, meaning I am very intoxicated, I will have somebody come with me. Right. You know, I have fr- friends willing to do that. So, Or at I'm, all possible, stay where you're at. Yeah, exactly. That's another option. If you need to stay the night, most people are okay with that. At least right. a lot if of people If you're in a I place know. where uh, with people you trust, then that that's always something to consider. Yeah. Only people you trust, though. Do not stay somewhere you don't trust people. Right. Gut feeling. Yep. Always. Follow your gut. <laughs> Pay attention. Absolutely. That point runs 100%. you into things. What? what? <laughs> oh, well, you know, the walls do move. So. <laughs> they do. You guys, oh, no, but you too. <laughs> what? They jump. They move. They jump out at you. They yep. do all these things. It's Always. <laughs> okay. Sometimes they run and hide. <laughs> hey, you can't... Have your walls ever jumped out at you at night if you get up to go to the bathroom or something? No. Actually, uh, I operate in the dark, believe it or not. I've done that for years where I know where everything's at. Nothing moves on me. Um, ah, lucky you. Yeah. Um, I, uh, your yeah. walls know who's boss. Yeah, No, they do. <laughs> I, I just, I, I, I don't like, cause I like, to, I don't like to wake myself up when I, if I get up in the middle of the night. <laughs> so, I just walk in the dark. I know where everything is. I've always geared it towards that way. Uh, it, it's just weird that way. But um, yeah, nothing pops out. Um, yeah. I can't tell you how many times I've gotten up and, went to go to the bathroom and forgotten I've left it closed or somebody else has left it partially closed. Boom. Oh, uh, hello. <laughs> now I think I'd happen one time. That's why I leave the door open. <laughs> yeah. in my bedroom. I do yeah. too, but sometimes, yeah. you know, I've closed it because the dog's getting in the garbage or something like that. Right. It's I mean, like, ow. Now, unless I'm in a hotel room, you know, that's a little different. And I, I like it pitch dark and I'll still leave light off, but I kind of feel my way around. But uh, I don't think I've been anything just pop out at me so i usually close my bedroom door when i'm living at home Mm. and for the most part and sometimes i'll forget i closed it (laughs) it sucks because all you hear is boom oh bleep (laughs) (laughs) oh man yeah there's a thing where i was in iraq they always say that um you know stay off stay away from the walls because bullets bullets travel along walls no reason for it just I've not really heard it, but they say bullets travel. You would say on a wall, leaning on a wall, and someone's sh- shooting bullets would just travel along the walls. Mm. You'll get hit. So I definitely stay away from walls. <laughs> right. I yeah. try, but they do. I do too. Jump out <clears throat> occasionally. I don't like the walls. Yeah. <laughs> I sound like a crazy person, but I promise I am not. <laughs> oh, well, that's debatable. Hey, but... Leslie, stop it. You're <laughs> supposed to back me up over here. <laughs> I need someone to join in the crazy with me, so. Well, it won't be me. Aw. Aw. Sadness. Yeah, it's okay. You'll, you'll get over it. <laughs> wow. Jesus. So I feel like there's too. a challenge in there somewhere. What? <laughs> uh, sounds like I need to make a trip. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, anyway. Um, well, guys, this has been a really great discussion on this topic. And uh, like I said earlier in the shows, one that's... Um, it could go on forever. We yeah, could, could always go on forever. But I think uh, unless anyone has any further comments, we're going to wrap things up today. 
no, that would be it. I think that it was pretty good. Appreciate everybody listening to our show as always. Um, please, please, please send us your feedback, um, comments, suggestions, anything you've got. We want to hear from you. You can email us at feedback at handsonsafety.net. Please follow us on Facebook. Uh, you can find us uh, by searching for Hands on Safety Podcast and follow us on Twitter at hands underscore safety. Uh, Bye, everybody. See y'all next Thank you time. very much for listening. Bye, everybody. Enjoy. <laughs>